Father, we pray that you'd open up our ears, that we might hear what you would say to us through your spirit today. Father, that you would open up our understanding as we gather together around your word, that you would speak to us and, Father, give us insight into those things which you would say to us. Father, we're all at different places in our walk with you. Father, we've had different kinds of weeks. Uh, We come today with different things in our hearts. And, Lord, we pray, and you know where we're at. You know what we need today. And, Father, we pray that you'd really speak into our hearts today, that you bring revelation, that you bring understanding. Because, Father, we recognize that when your Holy Spirit brings the word to life, when you bring revelation, when you bring that now word into our hearts, something happens that changes us. And, Father, we want to be changed today by your word. Father, Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. And Lord, we saw that in his life. He set as an example that he only ever did what he saw you do. Father, the things which you gave him to say were the things which he said. And Father, we pray that it be no different today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. So, over the last number of weeks we've been looking at various subjects. And uh, last week we spoke about the heart. And I used this image Last week, uh, sorry, let's say all this first. I got them around the wrong way. Um, and these are the things which we've been looking at over the last number of weeks. I uh, used this image last week, and uh, I think it's a powerful thought. Um, when we think about our hearts, when we think about what comes into our hearts, that's ultimately what comes back out of us as people. Just like what we eat and what we drink affects our health. So what we feed on spiritually affects our spiritual health. It's a principle in life. And what goes in is what comes out. And back in the day when Dion was leading Oxygen, we had this project called Garbage In, Garbage Out. And the idea was to have uh, books and resources for the young people to go away and read and listen to. And it was healthy and wholesome stuff for them to be feeding their souls on. The idea being that if they're feeding themselves on good things, then good things come back out. And just on that subject, I have one other thing that I want to say. Um, I had talked about the fact that I was going into school to talk on some issues uh, with some fifth years, and uh, that's been put out to March the 4th. Um, But one of the things that I noticed when I was in was a selection of books on the table. Uh, different books on philosophy and this, that, and the next thing. One of them being the Dawkins, uh, sorry, uh, the book by Richard Dawkins called The God Delusion. And I looked at that and I thought, how strange it is that there is no reply to that book sitting on this table when somebody like Alistair McGrath has written a book called The Dawkins Delusion. I thought it's very interesting. So, um, in my conversations with the teacher, I, I said, would it be useful if we give you some books uh, which maybe bring a different perspective? And uh, I emailed them again about the same thing. They said that would be really helpful. So, one of the things I want to do is buy some books for their resource library, books by people like Alistair McGrath, who bring a different point of view, who bring a God point of view. And uh, I really think this is an important thing. And uh, if you want to contribute to that uh, financially, then please uh, come and uh, share a gift and we'll use it for that purpose. It's important 
what we feed ourselves, what we feed our souls on, really, really important. And we need to be thinking on good things. So we're going to read our passage we've been reading over the last few weeks. So we'll just read it through again. And uh, I'm really going to focus on, on the prayer side of that today. And this is what it says. <clears throat> I plead with Yoria and I plead with Sintagay to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Are you glad your name is in the book of life? I am. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, we'll add in sisters as well, okay? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then verse 9, I'll finish off with verse 9. It says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. The title of the sermon today is Praying with Attitude. Okay? And we'll unfold that in just a little second. But prayer is maybe one of these kind of things that we, we feel maybe we, we, we can't engage in uh, and we leave prayer to the professional people, okay? And who all knows that that's not the case, yeah? We don't need to leave prayer to one or two individuals who you think, or perhaps who I think, are maybe that little bit more spiritual than everybody else. God wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us and he calls us into that relationship. And so prayer doesn't need to be a complicated thing. But we do need to pray with all of our heart. Going back to that image that was on the screen a little minute ago. What comes into us is what will come out of us. If we're feeding on the things of God, then the things that we pray will be the things that God wants us to pray And those prayers, when they come from the very core of our being, not only do they change the course of history, they change us as we're praying it. And just to use a little illustration, how complicated is it when a baby interacts with its father? How complicated is it? I'm not asking how complex it is, right? Because it probably is quite complex. But how complicated is it? Not very complicated, I don't think. There's so much communication that goes on that doesn't even need words. Who knows that the Bible tells us that God knows what we need before we've even asked for it. He already knows. But how amazing is it when your child for the first time says something to you? Think about how amazing that is. 
Think about how amazing it is, Josh, thank you for that smile, when, when maybe your grandchildren or somebody in your family speaks for the first time and they, they, they say, Dad, or they say, Mum, or in Sam Potter's case, he says, Chips, doesn't it? That's his first word, Chips. And we celebrate, we think, wow, it's amazing, they're speaking, how exciting is that? And then the conversations change as the years go by. The needs change as the years go by. As they grow up, as they mature, as they develop, that relationship that our children have with us, the relationship that you have with your parents, changes as you get older, as you develop as a person. The things that you say, the things that you think change. And there needs to be change. Which part of the... Which part of the relationship is most important? The very start when they're babies or when they're kind of at that child stage and running about causing chaos or when they're at that teenager stage and things start happening or when they're into their 20s or their 30s. Which is the most important part? You think so? It's all the same. It's all the same. All these different stages of that relationship are important. So when we come to pray together, you might think, I'm away at the start. I can't come to the prayer meeting. I've got news for you. You can. It's not about that. Imagine how God feels when you say something it might even be what you say in your own heart. The excitement in God's heart when you begin to speak to him as his child. I think of the relationship I have with my kids. And I've watched them from the very first moment. And I've been near them. And they've been near me. And I've watched them grow. I've watched them struggle. I've watched them cry. Which makes me cry. I've watched them laugh, which makes me laugh out loud. LOL. <laughs> I've watched them succeed, I've watched them fail, and I've watched their eyes as they've received a gift. Let me show you a picture. And Josh knows what picture I'm going to show. Right? How did you know, Josh? Okay? This is what's known in Earth family. I know, sorry. Mary's in there too. This is what's known as the blue Game Boy picture, okay? A blue Game Boy. Josh, that's all he wanted when he was this age, which was probably about three or four or... Nah, maybe five, I don't know. I don't know what age you were. In in that photograph, Josh. But that's what he'd asked for, a blue Game Boy. He kept asking for a blue Game Boy. And this is the moment where he unwrapped it at Christmas time. (gasps) And it was a blue Game Boy. How exciting. What Josh didn't realise at the time was that the blue Game Boy was second hand. Did you know that? He did so. All those years and you've never known that, Josh. And it created such excitement. And I say that to illustrate the excitement on Josh's face 
But then look at the excitement on Mary's face as well. That's the excitement that we feel as parents when our kids get something from us that they've been really, really wanting. It creates an excitement. And it made me think about the times, all the times when we come before God and we ask God for something and then God gives us that thing that we're asking for. And the excitement that it creates within us. Sometimes we're asking God for things and he says, I'm hearing what you're saying, but you just need to wait a little while longer. And there's something that I felt at this point in the service I wanted to share. And it's a really important thing. God never gives us second-hand gifts. God gives us gifts that are new every morning. God wants to bless us with good gifts day after day after day because that's his heart. And there's a verse in the Bible in Matthew chapter 7 to illustrate what we're saying here. It says, If you then who are evil talking about us, talking about me, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And how special must it be for God when we receive that gift and we go back and we say, thank you. Special moments. Maybe we need to just try and get ourselves into God's position for a while. And imagine how God must feel when we begin to interact with him. We think about it from our own perspective, don't we? We think about our communication to God. But do we ever stop to think about how it's been received on the other side? God who loves us, who's passionate about us. And so we're talking today about praying with attitude. And I'll flick through uh, some points which I have on the screen. The first one is to pray with an attitude of faith. It's so important. Pray with an attitude of faith. This is what the Bible says. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We must trust him. If we come to God in prayer, and I trust that we do that every day, then we must believe that he is. Otherwise, what are we doing? It sounds kind of obvious, but we need to remember that God actually does exist. That our prayers aren't just going up into the ether and getting blown about by the wind. They actually are received in heaven. We need to be persuaded of this fact that God is there and that he listens and that we can place our confidence and our trust in him. In fact, you can pray to him right now for the thing that you're needing while the speaker's speaking. Have you ever done that before? When the preacher's preaching and you're off in a different place because you're praying about something or you're reading a passage of scripture because the Holy Spirit has just brought something to your mind you're like, oh, I need to just read that just now. I won't be offended. Okay? You can reach out to him just where you are right now. So we need to pray with faith. We need to trust him. We need to believe that he is. And we need to earnestly seek him. And the word that is used here in the original passage is, means to seek out, 
to seek after, to search. And this is a principle which Paul talks about and the Bible talks about and we see it in other places. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17. And the context of this is about wisdom. But I think it applies when it comes to a relationship with God. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. It's talking about wisdom. But we know that if we seek God, then we find God. The fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, isn't it? So the two are linked. And this is a verse which has kind of popped up a number of times just over the last few days. Jeremiah chapter 29. And we're familiar with verse 11, which talks about the plans that God has for us and all that kind of stuff. But he goes on to say, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's why the message on the heart is so important. Because we recognize that the content of our heart is what we pour out to God. And if our hearts are full of a desire for God, then that's what comes out. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And perhaps there's an encouragement for some of us who've been kind of seeking and then kind of forgetting to seek and then seeking and then kind of forgetting to seek and we think, I wonder why God's not answered me. Because you're seeking and then you're forgetting to seek rather than this is what I really want. What I really, really want, to quote the Spice Girls. Okay? This is what I really, really want. God knows when we really desire after something, and he will answer our prayers. How do we know that? Because Matthew 7, 7 and 8 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Jesus is saying this. Can we trust Jesus? To what percentage? 100%. Do we need to go any higher than 100? I think 100 is good. We can trust him because everything that he says is trustworthy because it came from God. But we can trust him because he actually lived this out himself. Jesus had to ask. Jesus had to seek. Jesus had to knock himself. And he demonstrated in his own life what we should do. So we need to pray with faith, believing that he is earnestly seeking him and realizing that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. In this passage in the Bible, the one that's up on the screen there, where it says rewards, do you know that this is the only passage that this word is used in in the New Testament. It's the only time it's used. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. And the word can be translated one who pays wages. If you do your job, you expect to be paid, don't you? This means yes. Yes. (laughs) If you do your job, you expect to be paid because you've done a job. And this says... That he's a rewarder. He's one who pays wages when we diligently seek him. What a promise. He will do it because he said it and he's faithful. 
So we need to pray with faith. Come and believe in who he is, seeking him with all our heart and realizing that he rewards those who seek him. And we also need to pray with expectancy. Point number two. Praying with expectancy. Expectancy is an attitude of our heart, isn't it? Praying with expectancy. Do you come to church on a Sunday morning with expectancy in your heart? Do you come thinking, God's going to do something today? It's going to be exciting in church today. God's going to maybe show up and and say something that I'm needing to hear or do something. And we can become... We can come into this this place with an an expectancy in our hearts. And as we come to God in prayer, we can come to God with an expectancy in our hearts. I wonder if last week when I said the answer's on the way, maybe did that mean something to somebody? Expectancy. The answer's on the way. I know that last week, Marlon came to me after the service and she talked about a pain that she'd had in her side. Didn't you? And during the service when we were praying, that pain that had been in our side for a number of, was it weeks? Had, had went away? Still away? Still away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Marlon just kind of talking about uh, what she experienced last week in the service as she came before God, nobody laid hands on her, nobody prayed for her in that sense, although we prayed at the end of the service. But God's doing things amongst us. That pain which Marlon has been emailing out for prayer for, that pain has disappeared, and we thank God for that. Do you know, it can be so tempting to get discouraged when we don't see things happen. When we come back, time and time again about the same issue, the same things, and we can get discouraged. But we need to realize that actually God is for us and not against us, and his desire is to reach out to us. God is interested in every single part of who we are, our spiritual well-being, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, our circumstances. God is interested in every aspect. And I think we need to pray with an expectancy, knowing that God is interested. We need to take ownership of the things that we're praying. We can share one another's burdens, and it's good to do that. So when we send out prayer requests around the prayer chain, it's that we might share one another's burdens and pray for each other. But there's a place where we need to carry our own burden. Or we need to carry the burden that God has given us for somebody else. Maybe a situation. Maybe another person who God has placed in your heart. And he's done that so that that's something that you can carry and that you can pray about and that you can take seriously. God wants us to press in in prayer sometimes. Do you really want the thing that you're praying for? And are you really prepared for the answer? Sometimes we pray for things and we're maybe not ready for the answer. I'll quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer again. When he said, The action springs not from words, 
but from a readiness for responsibility. And I heard those words years and years ago, and something about those words really stuck inside of me. And here I am, 15 or so years later, and I actually think I'm beginning to understand what those words mean. The action springs not from thought. I think I'm ready. I think this is a good idea. I think we should go for it. Action doesn't spring from that, but it springs from a readiness for responsibility. A readiness, perhaps, in that place of prayer to say, Lord, this is the thing that I'm praying for. And whatever the answer is, however this is going to look, then that's the thing that I want to do. And if we're praying as a church for God to move, are we ready for that responsibility? Are we ready as a people? When God comes and answers that prayer, are we ready to move with that? And I come back to a verse which, uh, it was actually Jeanette that shared this with me many years ago. Do you remember? Back in the dim and distant past, Isaiah chapter 43, where it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And this was a word from God for me. And it's a word that I've carried all these years and prayed about for all these years. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That thing that we're praying for God to do in our fellowship, I really think that this verse speaks to that. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I was thinking about today and thinking about this picture which I see every time I step into my car. Um, We've obviously just moved house last year. We've not been a full year in the house. And so it's interesting to see what's actually under the soil, right? Because you don't see it because it's all done and gone by the time July comes. But then I was looking at this and thinking, that's a, you know, I don't know if this pointer will work. This bit here, I'm pretty sure that's a wee crocus that's coming up. Does it look like that? Yeah? Bet said yes, so it must be right, okay? (laughs) Bet is the gardener. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I kind of think about all these prayers that we pray. And we might think that God's never coming and God's never answering it. But we don't always see what's going on behind the scenes. We don't always see what's going on in heaven. I think of the story of Daniel when he prayed. He set himself down to pray. He was serious about prayer. He was confessing the sins of the nation, confessing his own sins, and praying for God to come and deliver them. And he must have thought, what's happening? And then God's servant comes to him. He says, when you, were, when you prayed, your prayer was heard. And I'm here to answer your prayer. But I've been delayed. 21 days. The angel says to him, I've been delayed. Because there's a battle in the heavenlies. There's a spiritual battle. And we need to come back to this and remember that actually the thing that we're engaged in as Christians is a spiritual battle. And if you get involved in prayer, then it becomes a spiritual battle. If anything, the enemy wants to stop us from praying. And we need to recognize that. Daniel's prayer, the answer was on the way. Our prayers, although we might not see what's happening, the answer is on the way. 
Just like you can't see, well, you can because I messed up my garden, you can kind of just about see what's happening under the soil there. You can see that there's roots going down, but even the, the bulbs which are on the surface, just a little bit of root going down was enough to make these things to pop up. And our prayers are like the roots that go down into the soil. Our prayers are those things which go into heaven and connect us with God's plan and purpose. Just as we thought about our heart, everything that flows in is what comes out. And the Bible talks about being rooted and grounded in love. The Bible tells us that God is love. We need to be rooted and grounded in God and feeding on him. And one of the ways that we do that is through prayer. Moving through all of the stuff that I'm talking about this morning is a deep desire to persist, to keep on going. Because very often it's at that place where we're ready to throw the towel in, where we think we've had enough. It's at that point that God comes along and he does the thing that he's always planned to do anyway. We need to persist in prayer. So we need to pray with faith. We need to pray with expectancy. And lastly, we need to pray with thankfulness. It's an attitude of prayer. And just to go back to the passage that we read in Philippians. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And we sometimes forget the thanksgiving part. When our kids come and they say, thank you. I'm really pleased with that blue Game Boy. Or whatever it is. When our kids come and say thank you. When we come and we say thank you to each other. When Brandon says thank you for me getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning and taking him to the airport, it means a lot. When you say thank you, remember Friday? <laughs> no, I kidding. When we say thank you, it means so much. It's a simple word, but it means so much when we say it. It means a lot to each other when we thank each other. Imagine how God feels when we say thank you to him. When we express that attitude of heart that is grateful that remembers that he has answered our prayer. Again, it's a theme that runs throughout the Bible. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. It says, Speak to one another, one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. It's a sentence in its own. And be thankful. If we're going to be thankful, we need to learn to celebrate, because celebration, again, is an attitude of the heart. To celebrate the wins in life to celebrate the wins in our own lives, to celebrate the wins in our church life, to celebrate answers to prayer, just like Marlon was talking about earlier on. You know, there are not enough emails going around the prayer chain to say thank you for answered prayer. 
because we send the emails out, we all pray about it, and God answers the prayer, and we sometimes forget to say, thanks to God for answering that prayer. So we need to work on that one, Gillian. We need to work on the feedback. We need to work on celebrating the things that God is doing. God has answered prayer again. Thank you, God. Let's thank him together. And it's my desire that we hear more people stand here and share their story, give their testimony about how God has been at work in their lives. It's a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing to celebrate the wins, no matter how small they are. And I appreciate the small things as well. Maybe it's something to do with my height. But do you know the devil will whisper in our ears and make us think that all these small things that God is doing aren't important. Let me tell you, they are important. Every small thing. And one of the times when I was away, uh, one of the training things down in Mattersea, a guy who was a lecturer there was speaking uh, from Zechariah uh, chapter 4. And it was really, the person behind me tapped me and said, that was a word for you today. And I was like, I know. <laughs> Funnily enough. But it was interesting that the person sitting behind me recognised that what was shared was a word for me. And it's this little verse 10 that just kind of made me stop and think about preparation for day. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. And this verse relates to the building of the temple. The work has begun, but the task is great. And there's something within me that resonates with this verse as I think about the life of our church. And the plumb line's there in Zerubbabel's hand. And plumb line, do you know what a plumb line's for? Everybody know what a plumb line is? Okay, it's that string with the weight in the end that helps you to know if something's straight or not. Right? We could have done with one of them when we were in Bulgaria constructing that uh, play park thing. Imagine being in Bulgaria with it at spirit level. We could have done with a plumb line. We could, have invent- we could have made one. But it helps us to make sure that things are true and straight. And there are things which we want to introduce into the life of the church this year. It helps us to make sure that things are true and straight. Maybe different ways of working, different ways of doing things. And uh, Tim Potter has agreed to help out with some of those things in the background. Business side of things, policies and procedures and all that stuff. uh, Which Tim's really good at. Okay? And others as well. Things to introduce into the life of our church to make sure that the work carries on and that it succeeds. Celebrating all the small wins and it's important. And lastly, to count our blessings. Are we thankful? Are we counting our blessings? I've got here a book. Who remembers this? Redemption Songs. Okay. Some people will remember this. And there's a hymn in here. It's actually number five in Redemption Songs. We'll all stand to sing. Okay? And this is really weird. They, people think I'm strange. And, well, they're right. But um, as I was thinking about this, this 
this hymn. If you know Redemption Songs well, you might know what I'm going to say. But I picked the book off my, my shelf through in the bookcase, and the first thing I did was... Ah, oh, that, that smell in that book. I know you think I'm weird, right? <laughs> but there's something about the smell of this book that reminds me of all the mission halls that I get trailed around when I was a kid, singing with my copy of the Redemption songs or the hymnal, whichever it was, in my hand, and singing these songs. And you know, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all those experiences when I was in a place to hear God speak to me and as a child to be influenced by God's word and even to be influenced by the songs in these books and as I pick up this book and as I open it it just transports me back to all of those experiences rich experiences and if you know number 5 at all verse 4 goes like this so amid the conflict whether great or small do not be discouraged God is over all count your many blessings angels will attend help and comfort give you to your journey's end are you ready for the chorus count your blessings name them one by one Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Robert's getting carried away. (laughs) Hymn number five in the Redemption Songs. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for all of those experiences that trained me when I got older, when I was away from the baby stage, when I was maybe kind of grown up a wee bit and beyond childhood, when I came into manhood, perhaps in my relationship with God, those things which we shared at the baby stages, these are the things which equip us for when the times get tough and when the road gets tough. And I am so thankful for all the wins. I'm so thankful for the small things. You might think, I'm not making progress here. Keep putting one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other. God is for you. He's not against you. God is for you. God longs to be that father to us. He just waits for us as children to come to him. So as we conclude, let's pray with faith. Let's pray with expectancy. Let's pray with thankfulness. And thank God for all the work that is being done at all sorts of different levels. And let's keep to the path which God has set for us. The task that he has assigned for us. And let's resolve in our hearts never to give up. Never, never, never give up. When I came out of uh, Crusaders, uh, the job where I was for five years and, and into being the assistant pastor in the church at the time, God spoke to me very clearly about the people of Israel and how they looked back to Egypt and how good things were back in Egypt. Well, actually, life was rubbish in Egypt, right? 
But life was a bit tough just now. And God said to me, don't look back to Egypt. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep looking forward. God has called us into his service for such a time as this. And my prayer is that we take it seriously, that we give God our all, that we commit ourselves wholeheartedly to this. And prayer, the attitude that which we pray with is important. Praying is important. Praying together is important. And I handed one, oh, I've asked, kind of left these for the welcomers to hand out this morning. Hopefully you got one of these. Um, It's a prayer which I kind of picked up many, many months ago and uh, prayed prayed it regularly. Um, It's called the Caleb Prayer. And um, if you look at this little design, it was actually done by a guy called Ian Roy, who's my younger brother. And the prayer is a prayer by a chap called Roy Godwin who's down in Wales. Um, And it's called the Caleb Prayer. It says, O High King of Heaven, have mercy on our land. Revive your church. Send the Holy Spirit for the sake of the children. May your kingdom come to our nation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And when I picked this up, I thought, that's the thing that I've been asking God about. That's the thing that's been resonating within me. And when I read those words, I thought, this is the thing that God wants us to pray. And so I want to hand this out for you to keep in your Bible and maybe once a day to take this out. You might think, I don't know how to pray. Well, it's really quite simple. It's about having a conversation with your dad. And we can take this out after we've done our Bible reading or before, and we can say, just take a minute to say, Oh, High King of Heaven, have mercy on our land. We need to hear the answer to that prayer. We need to see the answer to that prayer. Revive your church. We need to see the answer to that prayer. Send the Holy Spirit for the sake of the children. Then it fell the Brennan, they say, for the sake of the least and the lost and the broken. I like for the sake of the children. May your kingdom come to our nation. Just a reflection of Jesus' words. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And we can take that once a day and pray that together. And my encouragement is that we try this for the rest of the month of February to take this prayer and pray it together over the month of February. And then we'll see where we go from there. But to introduce prayer into every area of our lives. We can take prayers that are written down if we don't know what to say. Read the prayers that are written down and we'll we'll put more things out there that help us to do that. But my encouragement is that we think about our attitude of heart when we come to pray. Which is what we're going to do just now. If we close our eyes, uh, bow our heads... Father, we thank you that you are for us. Father, we thank you that you're like a father designing to give good gifts to your children. And Father, we look for those gifts, especially those that would build the church. Father, those gifts which you have talked about in your word. And Father, we just ask that you would give us what we need to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done. And Father, we do pray, send your Holy Spirit for the sake of the children. Father, send your Holy Spirit for the sake of the least, for the sake of the lost, and for the sake of the broken. Father, that our communities might be transformed, 
through your power. And Father, we recognize that you desire to work in us and through us, perhaps sometimes more than we are ready to make ourselves available to you. But Father, we ask that you would help us to come to that place where we're ready, ready for you to answer the prayer. And Father, for some of us, we're at a place where we need a personal touch from you. Father, for some of us, it's in circumstances. For some of us, it's in our bodies. For some of us, it's in our our minds. For some of us, it's in our spirits. And Lord, we pray that you give us ears to hear your words. Father, that you just speak the word. That the command would be given. And that the answer would be on its way. And Father, as we wait for the answer, because sometimes we have to wait, that you would help us to persist in prayer, to pray with faith, to pray with expectancy, and to pray with thanksgiving. So Father, we ask that you'd help us in this whole area of prayer. We're all in a place where we're learning about what it means to have that relationship with you. All of us are in the same boat. And Father, we pray that you'd help us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.